are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day you're listening to the always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages, to my articles, to my photos, and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter. At Creator Thomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. We'd not be doing this podcast without you. It's free and available on all platforms. But what are we discussing on today's pod? Well, we got a crossover with Locked On Padres host Javier Reyes discussing yesterday's topic of whether teams should trade their MLB superstar player ever. We'll look back at some trades, we'll discuss some recent trades Javi's team has made and just his overall philosophy on the thing. So we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of different stuff on today's pod. But first, let's play that intro. You are locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here on the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, so let's bring him on, Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres. Come on down. Like to do it kind of like uh, the Price Is Right style, I guess. The Price Is Right, right? Hey, come on down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be oh. great. I wish we had that type of music. It's it's almost like you know trademark laws can be can yeah. pretty uh, <laughs> it can be pretty tough sometimes. You know. <laughs> yeah, there's no chance we're getting Price Is Right music on this on the Locked On. So I definitely would probably take a royalty. But Javi, how you doing so far? Uh, today man i mean it's early we're doing a nice early crossover still in a lockout mm-hmm. how are you feeling new year's the new year's just happened how are you feeling yeah i'm doing pretty good man i think that we're in this this weird rut i think this is when the lockout really starts at you because i'm being honest like december november it was like all right man like we just had thanksgiving we had christmas we had new year's like there's things to be excited about it's the end of new the year everybody does their top 10 lists for whatever foods and tv shows whatever so that's like kind of it's an easy way to be distracted when you're in January. It's like, I mean, I guess if you're a sports fan, if you like football, like you have the football playoffs going on, uh, I think college, I don't like college football, but you got the NFL playoffs. Hopefully my team uh, wins on Sunday night against a certain Oakland team mm. uh, and makes the playoffs. That'd Vegas. Be mm, indeed. Vegas. indeed. The, oh yeah. Vegas. That's right. Whatever. Uh, I'm still not used <laughs> to that. Uh, but and hopefully that happens, but now it's really like, and I'm not just saying this because we both host podcasts, but it's like now is when you're like, damn, I really wish we could at least just find out those free agents. Like there's still a lot of free agents that are available uh, and especially like impact ones. There aren't just some, you know, a Tyler Chatwood, no offense to Tyler Chatwood or those type of guys, but like these big free agents, like your Castellanos, your Will Myers, your Carlos Correa, oh, your Trevor it. stories. Like there's Will a lot Myers. of guys out there, man. 
It's not that Will Myers <laughs> still out there. He's going to be a free agent till past the season starts. So this, no one wants to sign a Will Myers. I didn't Myers. say Will Myers. I said, did I say Will Myers? I thought you said Will Myers. I'll have to go okay. back and check the tape. If I, I did, that's said, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it must yeah, be a subconscious thing. Maybe, maybe you want him to be a free agent. But yeah. yeah like you said, maybe. <laughs> Freudian slip. Like you said, yeah, there's still a ton. I mean, guys like Freddie Freeman is still out there. Clayton Kershaw, mm-hmm. Chris Bryant, Trevor Story. I mean, not just impact guys, like you said, like superstar players are still out there. Guys that could be faces of your franchise, the best player in your lineup, the best player in your rotation is, is still out there on the open market. So the fact that we're still going through this lockdown where we have no activity whatsoever, uh, it's not it's not too fun doing these podcasts as much when you don't have any active news they want to talk about because when we had that little free agent frenzy i mean i think everyone at the lockdown hub was like yo we are getting information galore right now it was basically yeah. a 24 hour news cycle and you normally don't see that with baseball you usually see basketball like 80 percent of their free agents are gone after the first three days of free agency like those deals are signed in the nba before free agency even begins with so much uh tampering that they do in the nba <laughs> but in baseball they really when it comes to tampering in baseball they do a good job of not doing it because it seems like like a lot of these teams and players normally don't talk until like the middle of the offseason anyway. But this mm-hmm. was the first year where free agency in baseball actually started quickly. We had momentum early. We saw a frenzy early. And part of that was just because of the impending lockout. So I'm hoping post lockout we get another free agent frenzy like that. And I think we will. I just think it depends when this lockout ends, because the closer this lockout ends to the start of the season, the more craziness we're going to see when the lockout eventually ends. So right now it doesn't seem like there's been any talks. I mean, I, I don't think I've seen any reports. I think I actually saw a report that they don't plan to talk for in the, in the near future. So who knows how long this lockout class right now? Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. And I, everyone keeps saying that MLB can't afford to miss regular season games, which, which I agree. I'm not dismissing that point, but I think everyone's forgetting that when has major league baseball, ever realize that they're the least relevant out of the major sports like they've never been like really self-aware about that like they have no idea like they this is the last sport that can afford and they had momentum too like you had the free agency like you just mentioned but like just in general like ratings were pretty decent this year world series ratings were pretty good this year it would be the most baseball thing ever for them not to figure this out even after a pandemic ball in 2020 when they missed a good amount of the season for them to then head into the next year and miss like a month of games it would literally not surprise me at all i think that people are placing a little bit too much faith in just reason uh winning out you know and people being like you know what man we gotta play baseball like, we got to figure this out. No, I don't think so. I think owners are still going to be greedy, and I think it's going to be out of control. And I think that we're going to get a lot of, like, crazy quotes and reports every now and then. Maybe not immediately, but in the near future for sure. Yeah, and if you want to just talk about the lack of awareness with baseball, I mean, we saw that report earlier this week that is confirmed that Ken Rosenthal is now leaving the MLB yeah, Network just because he exactly. criticizes Rob Manfred in baseball, and all he wants to do is improve the sport, uh, give back some harsh criticism that's probably warranted because we all know baseball – it's in a place where it's in this weird place in its history because they're still trying to hold on to the glory days of, oh, we're the national pastime. Come watch some baseball. Exactly. It's like exactly. most of your fan base is like over 55, probably. Like it's a, a lot yeah. older fan base. And 
outside of the, like the locked on, you know, people like I don't really have too many baseball friends I can <laughs> bring on to this and chat it up. Yeah. Like, I would love to bring my homies on to the locked on Diamondbacks pod and just chat it up about <laughs> baseball. But I don't have too many of those. I got one guy, you know, him. it's JT. That's my only like baseball homie. That yeah, really JT, <laughs> yeah. my guy, JT. Shout out JT. I love yes. that dude. So if I was doing a basketball pod, I could have 100 homies that I would have on the podcast. Yeah. But baseball, it'd be like, like let's go. It'd be less struggling, man. Football, but they're just struggling. I I hate it. God, it just doesn't it bother you? And then they seem to have this attitude. Not everybody. I mean, there are people who are trying to change that sport, Mm -hmm. but this like culture of like hazardously conservative. Like we don't we don't want to cater to younger people. We're just gonna say about how our age. This is the point I was texting my friend about the other day. A whole nother tangent. We don't have to go on, but it's like. They always tell you about how they were the glory days and the golden age of baseball, yet they never vote their own players into the Hall of Fame, apparently, for completely ridiculous reasons. This is a sport where you have assholes running out here being like, oh, yeah, I'm only going to put Kurt Schilling on my ballot for this year. The most stacked ballot in years. And I'm not dismissing Kurt Schilling specifically. That's a whole other thing entirely. Mm -hmm. But like for you to only specifically do him. You're trying to be a, j- a jackass with that. Like, you know what his issues are. And you're just out here being like, yeah, I'm only going to do him. And it's like, okay. And then you have people submitting empty ballots. Every single thing about this sport. Like, Why are we covering it? It is the worst, man. <laughs> it, it really is the most annoying. But since you went there, I just want to ask you. I don't think I've asked you. What was your ballot looking like? At least in terms of the controversial guys, the the big PE yeah. guys and a Kurt Schilling. Uh, so I go so back and forth at Kurt Schilling. And like this MVP discourse with Aaron Rodgers, not to do a total football crossover where it's like <laughs> the the character stuff and whatnot. But like with Kurt Schilling, it really is. You know what? I'm done. Like, I, I just can't do it anymore. You know what I mean? I'm not doing it for a guy who's had as many obscene. I don't even call it political opinions. I just think you're just being an awful human being with yeah. the type of things he said. So like at this point, I'm like, I I don't blame you for voting him in. I, I really don't. Because I get if you're like, I mean, he's probably a top 30 pitcher ever. Um, I don't, but I'm just like, you know what? I've had enough. I'm just not dealing with this. The steroid stuff, mm-hmm. it depends. I mean, when Bonds had it, it was a little bit more appreciated. And Major League Baseball certainly was very grateful that Barry Bonds was doing what he was doing. They Mark empowered Mark Sosa. It. They empowered it. I mean, especially after the lockout back then and attendance decreased and the interest went down. And then steroid era in baseball brought it back. My thing is also like, you know what? Have you looked up Bonds' numbers? I don't even care. Like, I genuinely don't care <laughs> anymore. Insane. Like, maybe you could say his home run record is a little weird. But, like, bro, you're telling me this man only struck out 36 times and walked 200 times one year? That makes literally no sense. I don't care what steroids you have. Like, that's crazy to me. And just the sheer ridiculousness. And not to mention, his resume before the steroid allegations are just still incredible and probably Hall of Fame worthy. So, my thing is putting Bonds, putting Clemens, like, I don't know. It's just it's a mess. But yeah, that's that's what I would go with. Yeah. Bonds is like a top 15 player, even if you don't count the steroids like he won three MVPs before any allegations. Mm. So I think Bonds should. I mean, I've already given my rant on the steroid and the Kurt Schilling guy. So yeah, that's what we've been coasting on for the past month with the lockout. Everybody's like, all right, let's talk about the Hall of Fame ballot. Yeah, that's all I had. So we won't have to talk about that anymore. We can get into the discussion on uh, should teams trade their franchise star does it work out mm-hmm. historically but before we talk about that hobby i want to talk to you about built bar because built bar mm-hmm. this episode is mm-hmm. brought to you by built bar have you ever heard of built bar before oh yes i have man I, and actually i got my mom for uh, her oh, birthday no. a package yes sir cherry barcia baby Whoa. It's really good 
That's mm-hmm. a tasty flavor, <laughs> Javi. That's a tasty flavor. And Javi, it's the new year. So that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier for you to stick to your New Year's resolution. It's a low calorie, low uh, low calorie, low carb while being high in fiber and high in protein. And it's also covered in 100% real chocolate, soft and easy to chew. It's absolutely delicious. If you want your own Built Bar, just go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. coming back on the podcast and we brought you on today because i did this little discussion on yesterday's pod because of course the last Mm. year plus i've had a lot of lockdown hosts come on here when i do these crossovers and they always say how can we get ketel Marte? what do we have to do to trade for him i always say i'm not trading ketel Marte. that man is locked up he's young he's on one of the best contracts in baseball and he's a legit mvp candidate when he's healthy i'm not trading that man but I had to do some research. I had to go back and look at other superstar trades in MLB history. Does it ever work out for the team that traded their Mm -hmm. best player? And when you look at it historically, I was just doing a deep dive on trades that happened last 10 years. And we'll talk about some of these trades. But you look at like the Chris Sale one to the Red Sox. You look at the uh, Justin Verlander one to the Astros. You look at like the Christian Yelich one to the Brewers. Like a lot of these deals always work out for the team that acquires the best player. Whoever is the team that's acquiring the package of picks, like a lot of times those those teams, they'll get back two, three, top 100 prospects. And then you look at it and you're like, whoa, none of those guys worked out. They all happen to be bust. Or maybe one of them makes it to the major league level, but he's like maybe a, a borderline everyday player, maybe more of a quad quad a kind of a player so what is your philosophy when it comes to trading franchise superstar players do you ever think there's a situation where it's like okay maybe you're the baltimore orioles of 2018 and you're on pace to win mm-hmm. 55 games should you just blow it up and trade manny machado and try to get back the bat- best you know package or should you just wait it out and you know just see how the future unfolds I think there's so many layers because I think sometimes when teams do trade their star, they might have done it a little bit too late and weren't foreseen to the future. You could argue maybe the Orioles should have traded Machado a little bit earlier, maybe the year Mm. before. That way they were like, okay, because then they'll have an extra year of service time. But when you hesitate and all that stuff, that becomes – but at least you get something from it. So Machado is one of those things where it's like he was probably going to leave, so you figure let's get something. We're really, really bad. Let's just get something and then move on from there. Do you resign him? That's the whole thing, but – I do think it's fascinating because there's always like that guy, like you said, whoever wins the best, whoever gets the best player often wins the trade. It's like that person in your fantasy league that offers like Hunter Renfro adds Chase Edmonds for Jonathan Taylor. And then they're like, well, I gave you two good players and you give me one good player. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, well, that one base player is a superstar. What are you doing? Get out of my face. Like there's always those people who offer you crumbs and they're like, well, I'm giving you a total value that's higher. It's like, yeah, but this one guy gives me three guys worth of players. So it's this like reverse psychology trick that people try to pull on you. I think you're right though. I think that when you actually look at it, it doesn't always pan out. I think it does depend on the team. It does depend on your circumstance, but I think that when you look at it, you're like, I don't know, man, like should Cleveland have traded Francisco Lador? I'm not entirely sure, especially because that team, especially in a sport of baseball, 
right? Especially in a sport of baseball where a lot of these teams that trade away their superstars, they're kind of cheapskates, right? Like the Cleveland uh, Guardians now, they made the World Series. And as I've been joking for a while, like I swear their strategy ever since making the World Series was let's get worse every year. <laughs> it's like, why was it your idea? You have Lindor, you have Jose Ramirez, you have um, even at the time a Danny Salazar, these guys like good quality players. And you're like, no, we're just going to keep trading backwards every year. And that doesn't make a lot of sense. And that's why I think you're, your point comes into play where you're like, why are you doing this? And then you just also have teams that are very silly, uh, like your Colorado Rockies, who are like, let's trade arguably the best <laughs> player we've ever had uh, for Austin Gomber. No <laughs> yeah. Disrespect to Austin Gomber. Like, I hope he turns out good. He was actually a decent pitcher in spots last year. So shouts to him, especially it's hard to pitch at cores. But I think you, you, do, you do look at some of these trades. One of the ones that I remember was David Price, because I remember like I've had a very a segmented baseball life where I I've, I've been into it for like four years. And I was like, I never mind. I hate the sport for the reasons we uh, talked about earlier. And then I get back into it. And I, I remember price was one that everyone was talking about. Tampa was, was falling off prices. ERA went up, but all of the peripherals were great. And they're like, he's going to command a giant package. Mm-hmm. And what did they give up? They gave up like Drew smiley and someone else. I forgot the name of the other prospect. And then it's like, yeah, the team who got David Price won. You know what I mean? So it's like oftentimes I think we overestimate not only whether trading a superstar is a viable option, but also overestimate how much it's going to take. You know what I mean? Teams often do not have to give up these granddaddy packages. Maybe if you should like I like talking about like what would a Wad Soto trade look like? You know what I mean? Like oh. I would just love to see what that would look like. But other than that. When you're especially when you age, when you're when you're in a higher age, it's just you're never gonna the value just doesn't always translate to these godfather offers. And I think teams have gotten smarter. I think you saw this in the NBA as well, by the way. I know we just talked about the NBA. We're like, you don't see those trade deadline deals for Carmelo Anthony anymore, where teams are like, We'll give you literally our whole team for this guy. It just doesn't happen anymore. Teams have gotten smarter, I think. I think also the thing is when you look at these returns, it's always for a package of prospects, but no one ever says, let me go for maybe the dude who's 25, 26 already on the major league Mm -hmm. level. Maybe he was a former top prospect struggling a little bit in his first couple of years. Let me trade for that Mm -hmm. guy. It's always the guy that's in the minors that you haven't seen yet on the major league level that team make the headline of the package. So that's where I'm kind of like, I don't mind the Mike Hazen strategy when he's traded his top players like a Paul Goldschmidt, because he got back guys that were starting from day one in a Luke Weaver and a Carson mm-hmm. Kelly. And there's right, still right, right. a lot of question marks when it comes to a Luke Weaver. And I, I still like a Carson Kelly, but I would rather just get ready-made guys who were top prospects who might be struggling a little bit on mm-hmm. the major league level, but at least I've seen them and I've seen some flashes for them as opposed to guys who might just be going crazy because they're in double A and they're playing in Reno where that they have a higher altitude or something crazy like that. So I think when you look at these returns, it's interesting that teams always go for the the package of prospects as opposed to guys who might be more major league ready. And there have been deals where you say maybe granddaddy offers like when the Marlins traded Christian Yelich, they got back like three top 80 prospects, yeah. basically. Luis Brinson, mm-hmm. I mean, he's been in the league for five years now. I looked up his numbers. He has like a 199 average, like a below 600 OPS during his five yeah. seasons. Monte mm-hmm. Harrison, he was like a top 55 guy. He hasn't done anything. I think they had one other mm-hmm. top like 80, 85 prospect. He hasn't done anything either. Look at the Red Sox when they traded for Chris Sale. They gave up Michael Kopech and Yohan Mankata. Mankata had one fantastic season, but that could be the outlier in his career. And Kopech, he's been hurt. He hasn't really pitched too much. So 
I think Makata is good, but I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, you think Makata is good? Yeah, I think, I, think I think especially when you take into context, like how much of these prospects fail. A guy who's mm-hmm. going to hit 280, 350, play great defense, that's like a really good return. But I, I get where you're saying where the Chris Sale, where it's like, well, that's a super duper star. You know what I'm saying? So in a vacuum, yeah, it's isn't that kind of crazy, though? Like, Yoan Makata is like the last one I could think of where like, yeah, that piece turned out really, really good. Um, and all, all these other trades, like the Christian Yelich trade is just like, oh, my God poor marlins man <laughs> yeah and that's kind of like all the deals like the tigers when they traded to verlander they got back two top 75 mm-hmm. prospects and daz cameron and uh franklin perez and franklin perez has not even been healthy he's been hurt this whole time while daz cameron has not been able to do anything on the major league level either so i think we just have to stop trading superstar players i think i'm more okay with trading your franchise player if it's someone like a Verlander who's a little bit older and could be in the decline of their career, like I could, I could stomach a Verlander mm-hmm. trade just because they're like 35, 36, and maybe they only have a couple more years in their prime. That's what you're betting on. But when you trade a guy like Machado, who was like 27 at the time when Baltimore traded him, someone like, I don't know, Nolan Arenado is still pretty young. Francisco Lindor was still like 29 years old. Mookie Betts was like 28, 29. I think Mookie Betts is only like 28 years old as well. So I don't like trading superstar players when they're still in the prime of their careers mm-hmm. because, again, with baseball, you can rebuild really quickly. The Tigers, they traded all their best players a few years ago. During that Verlander trade, they traded Justin Upton. They traded J.D. Martinez. They traded Alex Avila. I don't think they got back one major league-ready prospect in that deal. I don't think anybody they got back from all those deals is even uh, an everyday major leaguer. So you look Mm -hmm. at what the Tigers have did since then. They've been putrid, and now they're like, let's just go spend money in free agency, get Javi Baez, and rebuild that way because all the trades they've made have not worked. So overall, I mean, I think you just have to – Look at the return you're getting. Maybe go for more major league ready guys and not put all your eggs in a prospect basket because a lot of times those guys turn out to be bust. Mm-hmm. Or you could be like the Padres, where I think the Padres are the rare example where they just they literally accrued one of the great farm systems circa 2018 around that period, like that literally has ever been seen in major league baseball history, which is great. That's also really hard to do, but you could also view it, which is important, as you're gathering assets. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you're not looking at I want to get Lewis Brinson because I think he's going to be a starter. You're just saying, let's get a bulk package. That way we just can move our roster in a certain way where the Padres right now, which we're about to talk to soon, uh, talk about soon. We're like they they have those top prospects still left that are probably going to be or at least hopefully be like major league caliber players. But they also don't have that bulk stuff in the background that they can add a little icing on the cake to make those moves for your Blake Snells and you Darvish, which I think is the counter to what happens mm-hmm. when you. Uh, give up your your prospects you know what i mean where it's like well you, you got to be careful and make sure so it's it's such a tricky game but i do think the the bottom line remains which is that you know trading for trade trading away your superstar it just oftentimes it's so hard to get the right value you're making a you're making a bet and oftentimes it doesn't uh come come to fruition you know what i'm saying millard i know what you're saying javi and i want to talk about some of those uh padres trades but don't you have something to tell me? Uh, something about a little... That's right. That That's exactly on? right, what man. Is it? Speaking of bets, uh-huh. <laughs> guys, Bet Online would like to wish you guys a Happy New Year, which is very oh. kind of them. I love it Thank when people you. wish you a Happy New Year. It's very kind and stuff. As we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New Year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. Go sign up. Today, that's right, and you can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. They give you stuff 
for literally just signing up. Just use the promo code LOCKDOWN, guys, from football to basketball to hockey to boxing to UFC to blackjack, your whatever Vegas casino games you play. They've got you covered over at Bet Online for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorites. Bet Online, where the game starts. That was beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank you, man. But on your uh, on your point about building up the farm system with prospects and assets, mm-hmm. I do agree about that. I think that's the only useful thing about a farm system is the fact that they're all like theoretical assets that you can move for better yeah. players because as long as they're in the farm system, they got the label 15th best prospect in baseball. That dude is basically yeah. liquid gold for you, even though they may not turn out to be actually good. So that's why I kind of mm-hmm. respect the Dave Dombrowski's that just come in and just wreck your farm system because it's like yeah. all these guys are theoretical. <laughs> Let me go out and get the Chris sales or go out and get the best. It's kind of like draft baseball. picks. Yeah, I think it's it draft is. picks, but you've literally seen who the drafted player is. You know what I mean? It's like it, like when you trade that those those first round picks, you're like, oh, like those are assets, man. And it's like I think just think the difference is that they're they're actual players, and we've seen what the draft pick is. Um, but I, absolutely, hundred percent, the prospect fetishization that goes on where people are like, dude, but have you seen his like like there was a a person getting in my mentions like about a month ago about Xavier Edwards, who was a guy that the Padres traded away. He's like the number eighty five prospect in baseball right now. And the Padres traded him and Hunter Renfer for Cronenworth and Tommy Pham. Mm. And this Rays fan is getting in my mentions talking about how the Rays clearly won the trade. And I'm like, I'm not going to say the Rays lost the trade. My point was that, hey, not every trade with the Rays is an automatic L. You know what I mean? Which is kind of the reputation that they've gained, especially because of the trade with the Pirates, et cetera, and even the Blake Snell trade. But for this one, it was like, Jake Cronenworth's like an all-star. And he helps you right now. Will Xavier Edwards be okay? Sure. But also Xavier Edwards has hit like one home run in his minor league career. So that's that's another thing, by the way. So I don't even want to hear about his minor league stats. Um, so that becomes a whole thing where people get so excited for new. I think sometimes when they often forget that it's like, hey, tell your ownership to just be like, I want you to go sign that player for five years, 180 billion, because I think he would help us. Um, and oftentimes they don't. And then fans just lose their mind. And this is this is kind of a situation you kind of put yourself in where you think Xavier Edwards is going to be, you know, the second coming of, uh, you know, Jackie Robinson or something like that for, for an infielder. So yeah, it's pretty rough. And the weird thing is, even though the prospects more tangible, you've already seen them maybe for a couple of years in the minor leagues, they already know what their profile mm-hmm. is. There's more uncertainty with a prospect than trading for like a first round pick in the NBA. Like the first round pick seems like more like a sure thing than trading for the 15th best prospect in the baseball. Yep. Like I, I don't understand how we're not better at this. Like yeah. it's kind of like mm-hmm. scouting quarterbacks in the NFL. Like we're not good at all. Yeah. At actually yeah. <laughs> figuring out which prospects are good. Like we all thought Dylan Bundy was going to be a superstar pitcher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What happened to that guy? Like it just hasn't worked out. I'm not even sure if he's a real major league starter at this point of his career, but yet he's still going and he's like the number two pitcher on the angels. So shout out Steve Ooh. of lockdown angels oh boy. For, for doing that. But <laughs> when you look at the two trades that the Padres have made last year, Javi with mm-hmm. acquiring you Darvish and Blake Snell, yeah. how do you feel about the package you guys gave up? Because I know you guys still kept Mackenzie Gore, who's supposed to be a mm-hmm. heralded prospect, but I know he even struggled a little bit this past season. So how do you feel about the return you gave up? And do you even feel like your farm system is as strong today as you thought it might've been at the going into this season? 
Right. Well, the first thing is definitely not as strong as it used to be. And I think that there, I feel like I've noticed there's basically just two philosophies on trading and, and your, your farm system, right? Where it's like you either give up that bulk package mm-hmm. where it's not filled with your Mackenzie Gores or your CJ Abrams, or you give up one golden egg and then that's basically the centerpiece of the trade. And then you go out. So there's two different kind of ways to go about it. The Padres elected to go. The, the route of the former where it was like they gave up all of their farm system depth, but they still have Luis Campizano who could be a very good offensive catcher, especially at a position that they need because Austin Nolan never stays healthy ever. I think he's played 54 games for the Padres since 2020, which is awesome. <laughs> like, thanks. Thanks. Austin Nolan. Um, that happens. Then you have CJ Abrams who is bit, like, he's not just a prospect. He's like a, this guy will be good. You know what I mean? When you get in that like top 15 range, that's like a, no, we're expecting these guys to at, at the minimum be good, like mm-hmm. a three war type of player at least. So that's the type of guy that you don't trade because they could be star of level players. Those guys outside that, that's a different story. And then Mackenzie Gore was a top pitching prospect literally like 12 months ago. And now it's kind of like, oh my God, like what's going on with this dude. But in, in general, those were kind of viewed as the golden eggs, Robert Hassel, who the Padres drafted to, he's a little bit further along, but you know, he's a lot younger and it's going to take longer for him, but he's a quality, you know, seemingly high floor type of outfielder. So that's the whole thing, right? Where you look at it. And I think you say, you know, I still think you make those trades. It's really oh, rough, yeah. but here's the thing. Cause a lot of Padres fans are freaking out that like they, they aren't necessarily in a position that they were before. Cause they're like, We'll just go go trade for Matt Olson. All right. Go go tr- go uh sign um Chris Bryant. Go do all these things. It's like, here's the problem. They're luxury tax. They're paying a lot of money. This isn't like your Cleveland. And not that I don't think the Padres could pay more if they wanted to. I'm sure that they probably could. But in fairness, they're like a 214 million around that range. So they have a lot of salary already committed. That's because of you, Darvish. That's because of Blake Snell. This stuff adds up, man. And they have that first baseman that's making a whole lot of money too. Hey. Uh, so it's really yeah, who I don't name, I don't uh, call by name on this podcast, of course. Um, so like you have all of that combined, and you say, okay, maybe you shouldn't, because some fans they get upset with me sometimes, where I'm like, I don't really want to trade these four guys um, for for another player because you like to have that flexibility. The Padres do not have that same flexibility anymore. We all thought, oh, well, well, Myers will give us home runs this year. It's like, well, it looks like 2020 was an outlier. Oh, the first baseman, he's embracing launch angle for once. Well, turned out that wasn't true. This is what happens when you're building a baseball team. It's easy to adjust. Go look at the Atlanta Braves. That's what's so weird to me. We just saw this past year that teams that made small, smart moves had the most success. The San Francisco Giants won 107 games, and they had Darren Ruff come out here and do well. They had Brandon Crawford learn how to hit for power. They had all these guys sign one-year deals with Gosman and um, Anthony Discofani, and then you have mm-hmm. Logan Webb come out of nowhere, who's like a top-ten pitcher now, right? And then you have the Atlanta Braves. They are a great example of adjusting because they said, all right, all of our stars are gone. Instead of blowing it up for other stars, how about we just take low-cost moves like an Eddie Rosario, like Adam Duvall, like Jack Peterson. And what happens? They win the World Series. So it's been a little bit weird to me that teams that everybody's immediately like, trade everybody, trade for the superstar, go like this. There's a lot of layers to this. Um, I'm not saying that you should trade away your superstars for sure, but I think that there's a lot of options to building a baseball team for for sure. And I think that the Padres are in a precarious situation, but they're not done. They still got a certain shortstop who I know you've slandered on the timeline before, which I don't appreciate, uh, but they still have that shortstop. They've still got Manny Machado at third base. You got Jay Cronenworth. You still have a lot of hope. 
You know what I'm saying? Would it surprise you if you Darvish turns in a better season? No. Blake Snell? No. Mike Clevenger, all these guys. So it's not necessarily as desperate as you think. I'd rather keep the farm system depth just to be able to adjust in the future. Not necessarily because I think Gore is the second coming of Clayton Kershaw. And the thing is with baseball trades, those deals for like the Eddie Rosarios and the Eduardo Escobars, they're pretty dirt cheap. Like you're not really giving up yeah. much of anything. You're giving up a lot of times like a 27-year-old AAA player to get an Eduardo Escobar back. Like maybe you give up one dude who's mm-hmm. like 17 years old in rookie ball. Like you're Yeah, a lottery give, ticket, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're just giving up like maybe one lottery ticket. So you could theoretically build a team of Eduardo Escobars and Eddie Rosarios and have a pretty competitive playoff product. But teams don't really do that. They're rather either – just be the team that puts no money on the field or they'll rather have the major <laughs> payroll with, you know, be the LA Dodgers with multiple superstars. So maybe more teams have to take the page out of the Braves book and say, it's okay to just go after the good high quality players without breaking the bank and going after the superstar guys, because Eddie Rosario, Jorge Soler, Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall, none yep. of those guys are superstars in their own right, but Duvall is still like a 40 home run guy. Eddie Rosario has great been defense good. too. Mm-hmm. Great defense. Rosario has been pretty good throughout his career. Jorge Soler has 40 home run potential. Like those are quality major leaguers that were basically given to the Atlanta Braves for mm-hmm. free. So I think yep. more teams could take the page out of that book. The D-backs, stop trading for guys like Nick Heath, who shouldn't be in the MLB. Go out there and trade for a guy like Eddie Rosario <laughs> if you're going to trade for you know your third or fourth outfielder. It just makes no sense mm-hmm. to trade for a terrible guy. So I think in baseball, that's probably the biggest swing that hopefully we see a change in philosophy. But going to next season, how are you feeling about your Padres to wrap up the pod? How are you feeling? Obviously, we're still in a lockout, still a whole lot of offseason. But do you think they're going to still uh, be maybe in a stalemate after this lockout? Or do you expect uh, maybe a big, big move or two? I think the only biggest problem with the Padres is that the Giants and Dodgers are so good. I'm mm-hmm. not really as worried about the Padres themselves. I think that they stumbled a lot this year. There's some stats and some articles I've been reading lately that I don't have off the top of my head where it's like they were so bad in the second half that it's almost like a regression positively should be expected. You can't, it's like rare that you're that atrocious, like every kind of facet of the team with the exception of a couple players, right? So I think that you can expect some positive regression. Um, uh, and yeah, I think that they're going to be solid. The question is, is solid enough in their division? That's the real question, whether or not they can catch up with the Giants or Dodgers. But in terms of like an 88-89 win ball club, I absolutely think that that's possible. And I don't think that that's far-fetched at all. It's reminding me a little bit of the vibes from t- heading into 2020 where everyone was out on the Padres because of how disappointing they were the year before. Now, I'm like, I don't know, man. There's still some hope. And Preller... While he hasn't been earning everybody's favors because of how this past trade deadline turned out, I still think he could work some magic. And he's worked out of a really tough situation before, like in 2015, when they had like not nearly as much farm system depth. They traded for Kimbrell and Upton and Myers and, and all these guys, and it didn't work out. I think he can get out of this, and I think that the Pirates still have a whole lot of talent for sure. Yeah, and we'll see how the Giants do. I'm right now a little pessimistic mm-hmm. on them entering next season. Is, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think everyone have is. to. They lost three of the top four players. I mean, assuming Chris Bryant leaves, Gosman's already gone, Buster Posey retired. Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're, that's a lot of talent to leave for a team that already was kind of playing above their head that wasn't already super talented. They got a great culture. We'll they see. know what they're doing there. I respect their organization a lot. So I'm not going to just write them off, but. Yeah, that's one of those teams I'm just a little bit more pessimistic on so far through the early return of the offseason. But Javi, thank you for hopping on today, sir. Where where can the people, you know, who are not watching this on YouTube find you? Uh, you can find me at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. 
Lots of fun stuff on there. I've been seeing more about movies lately and whatnot, but baseball will be coming back. Be sure at LO underscore Padres for the show's account on Twitter. Of course, you can check me out there. Locked on Padres on YouTube and go check out Just Baseball. Great website. Yeah, check out great, Just great Baseball. Website. Great website. If you want to check out me for our hobbies listeners at Creator Thomas 24 for my personal account on Twitter or just look up Locked on Dime back to both Twitter and Instagram. Javi, thanks for hopping on today, sir, and thanks for doing this crossover. It's always a blast, man. Every time. Every time. We always figure out a way to cross over one way or another, and it was great, man. One way or another. Sir, enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll catch you later. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to today's edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Go make your second listen to Lockdown Bets with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Go and put some extra money in your pocket because why would you not? Come back next week for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Go back and catch up on any pods you might have missed this week. Just had a banger with Javi, so go re-listen to that talked about on yesterday's pod should teams trade their franchise superstar player we look back at some deals so go check out that pod as well and as always please stay safe and stay healthy out there deuces